What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. It is Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ as the host. They are at the wheel, they are at the helm, and they are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters and through this storm that we call life. But again, never fear, because as long as you trust in the Lord, He will steer you into a safe harbor. So welcome. Glad to have you here on this wonderful Thursday. At least that's where what it is here in West Michigan. It is a wonderful, nice, breezy Thursday. Can't wait to get this, uh, get out of the studio because I kind of want to go outside and enjoy my day. It's been a very long day, so, but I'm here. So I hope you all are having a great week thus far. And so, um, yeah. So anyway, today we're going to be reading out of the book of Mark chapter 13 out of the New American Bible Revised Edition. And we will get started with the reading here. And so it starts with the destruction of the temple foretold. As he was making his way out of the temple area, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what stones and what buildings? Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be one stone left upon one another that will not be thrown down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple area, Peter, James, and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this happen, and what sign will there be when all these things are about to come to an end? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will deceive many. When you hear of wars and reports of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but it will not be yet the end. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes from place to place, and there will be famines. These are the beginnings of the labor pains. Now watch out for yourselves. They will hand you over to the courts. You will be beaten in synagogues. You will be arraigned before governors and kings because of me as a witness before them. But the gospel must first be preached to all nations. When they lead you away and hand you over, do not worry before about what you are to say, but say whatever will be given to you at that hour, for it will not be you who are speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will hand over brother to death and father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. Now, when you see the desolation abomination standing where he should not let the reader understand, of course, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains and a person on a housetop must not go down and or enter to get anything out of his house. And a person in a field must not return to get his cloak. Woe to a pregnant woman and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that this does not happen in winter for those times will have tribulation such as he, such as 
such as has not been since the beginning of God's creation until now, nor ever will be. If the Lord had not shortened those days, no one would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he did shorten the days. If anyone says to you then, look, here is the Messiah. Look, there he is. I do not, uh, excuse me, do not believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will arise and will perform signs and wonders in order to mislead, if that were possible, the elect. Be watchful. I have told it all to you beforehand. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken and they will see the son of man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that the summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the gates. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore, you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at the cock crow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. And that concludes the reading of Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 37. A bit of a short, um, you know, a shorter uh, chapter. But as we kind of read this, you know, the, the as we kind of dug into uh, verses 1 through 2, you know, the reconstructed temple with its precincts begun under Herod the Great, and that was in uh, 20 B.C., and was completed only some seven years before it was destroyed by a fire, 70 80, at the hands of the Romans. And for the dating of the reconstruction of the temple, um, you know, we could see we could see that further in um, um oh, just lost my train of thought. Um, my goodness gracious, I tell you. Oh, it's been a long day. So um anyway, but as far as Mark 13 goes, you know, let's kind of go over the summary of what exactly Jesus was trying to teach here. Now, Jesus is teaching. Uh, recorded in Mark 13, is called the uh, Olivet Discourse because he and the disciples are on the Mount of Olives, east of the temple. And in the discourse, Jesus is, uh, prophesies about the fate of the temple, Jerusalem, and the end times. And now the religious and civil officials have categorically rejected Jesus. Now, as leaders of the people, their decision closes the door on God's continued work through the Jews, and Judaism will cease being the primary avenue through which God reaches the world. And so Jerusalem and the temple, which were designed to be the center of God worship and have become the nationalistic symbol of the Jews, are no longer needed. So the disciples will spread the gospel to the world, and Jerusalem and the temple will be burned to the ground in 70 A.D., now, the worldwide church agrees on this, but the theologians disagree on the less concrete prophetic parts of Jesus' teaching. 
where the interpretation of biblical prophecy depends on the reader's view of end times. And it seems like nowadays everybody's got their own interpretation of what the end times are. I mean, heck, people have been calling for the end times back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, and people are still calling for it. I mean, we don't know, as we just read, no one knows except God the Father in heaven, not even his angels, not the Son. But the two primary ways of interpreting Mark 13 to try to answer a question, what is the timing of the fulfillment of the prophecies? Were they fulfilled with the siege of Jerusalem in AD 70? Or do they refer to the tribulation yet in our future? Or perhaps a mix of both? Now, <clears throat> the word preterism, uh, which is from praetor, which is a Latin word for past, it teaches that all biblical prophecy has been fulfilled. And the more moderate partial preterism allows that there may be some prophecies yet to come to fruition, both rely on Jesus' words in Mark 13, 30, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Now, many of the prophecies in Mark 13 do appear to have been completely fulfilled by the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD. The rest, such as earthquakes and famines and the defilement of the temple and Jesus' dramatic return, have not. But it does seem that, you know, with, you know we have experienced a, um, a weird amount of earthquakes over the last couple of years. Some believe that those were, you know, deep underground military, you know, deep underground bases that were being blown up. Obviously, famines, you know, we had to go through the whole COVID fiasco hoax. But, uh, you know, and then now they're trying to, you know, spread the whole monkeypox, um, you know, narrative, which is not taking root. Um, and yes, there is a defilement of the temple. And I think we could very well be, I don't know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and guess, but, you know, is it possible that we could be near Jesus' dramatic return? Yeah, possibly. But the... Uh, Preturist, you know, spiritualized these verses, saying, for example, that the abomination of desolation was the disrespect with which the Roman army treated Jerusalem, or the indicate that the common level incidents of war and famine prior to 70 AD are the entire fulfillment of these ideas. Now, futurism teaches that many of the prophecies in Daniel. Revelation and Olivet Discourse have yet to come true, even though the vast majority still reference Israel. Now, the church did not permanently take the place of Israel in God's plan. After the members of the church are raptured, God will again use Israel to reach the world with his truth. Although some prophecies, such as war and false teachers, do not, um, do not have other fulfillments. And the prophecies directed at Israel will happen to Israel during the seven-year tribulation and later. Now, as for Mark 13.30, futurists explain that this generation, in quotes, refers to the generation in the future that will experience the events of the tribulation. And the horrors that are to come will quickly will come quickly, but not last long. And so this is the view of, you know, Got Questions Ministry, which is the parent company of uh, BibleRef.com, as I often reference. Now, Jesus starts with a soon-to-be-fulfilled prophecy, and Herod's temple, which is the disciples so admire, will be torn or will be tore, torn stone from stone in 70 AD. Now, although other end-time prophecies mention that 
as yet unrebuilt temple will be defiled, there is no mention that it will be destroyed again. And so the next section starts the discourse. Now, Matthew mentions that the four disciples not only ask when the temple will be destroyed, they ask Jesus, you know, when will Jesus return? And so you can find that referenced in uh, Matthew 24, 3. And so Jesus follows with a long list of signs that do not point to his return. And the signs include false teachers and natural disasters and famine and persecution. And so Jesus follows with a defining event of the tribulation, the abomination of desolation. And so at that midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist will defile the temple. And believers must maintain awareness that the end is coming, but not yet here, and realize that any human guru who claims to be the Christ is lying. And so at the end of the tribulation, Jesus' return will be unmistakable. And he will come with power and glory and gather his followers to him. And the parable of the fig tree will remind that the tribulation saints that they have all the information they need, even though they will not know the exact moment of Jesus' return, they can rest that he will come quickly. Now they should live their lives accordingly, but the center of Mark 13 forms a chasm, if you will. And a, uh, a chasm is a poem of ideas in a forwards-backwards pattern visualized as A, B, C, B, A. And in Mark 13, 5, 6, Jesus says to watch for deceivers. And he tells them what to do when they hear of international war and disaster. He speaks of the more personal persecution of Christians. And so Mark 13, 14 through 21 speaks of a great disaster and conflict. And he tells them again, watch for deceivers. And as we kind of live through, you know, these days actively, it, I can't say that there are people out there that are, you know, claiming to be the Christ, but there is no doubt individuals out there that are definitely trying their hardest to put out 99 truths just to put out one good solid lie, thus being a deceiver. You got to watch out for people like that. That's why I always tell, you know, tell you, you have to be on guard of who, of who you listen to, because the devil works very, very, you know, very deviously. Like I said, the devil will put out ninety nine truths just to get out that one solid lie. And like I said, that's why I had a show not too long ago. Beware of half truthers, because half truthers will give you a lot of truth and they'll, they'll, they'll give you some solid facts and statistics and, and, and actual good, you know, analysis of data. But then, you know, when they finally get your guard down, boom, they slide in that lie, slide a hand like a magician, right? You got to watch out for that magic trick that Satan likes to play on people. That's why I'm very careful with who I listen to. But it is very interesting as we read this chapter, as short as it is, there's a lot to unpack here. You know, because like I said, you know, as it was, you know, as we read back in verse three, you know, when they're trying to figure out, you know, verses three through eight, they were asking him, you know, what are we to look for during this, you know, and, you know, what signs are we going to see that's going to indicate to us that the end of times is coming? And that's when Jesus said to them, well, just I'm going to tell you this, see that no one deceives you, point blank. And so we have to watch for that. And, and who's who's what's that one? Unfortunately, that famous name that we keep hearing throughout 
all the media and, you know, the podcasters what was that Yuval, you know, Harari or whatever the heck his stupid name is. You know, the guy that is pretty much Klaus Schwab's right hand, you know, satanic man. He's basically telling the masses that God is, you know, a myth and Jesus is fake news. I tell you what, I hate to be on the end of that wrath because that guy has got some major God slapping that's going to be happening, you know, happening to him. Now, granted, he's not trying to say that he's the Christ, but he's certainly trying to tell you that, hey, Jesus Christ is not a thing. And that's a very dangerous thing. So do not listen to people like that. Obviously, if you're a true Christian, you're a true believer, you know, you're, you're rooted in Christ. Obviously, you're not because this guy's an idiot. But again, as it says in verse 7, when you hear of wars and you know rumors of wars, do not be alarmed because such things have to happen. I mean, what do we hear for the last, like, what, six months? Kept hearing about all these wars that were happening in Ukraine and Russia, but really there's something else going on, right? And then China with the tensions uh, that are going on with um, uh, Taiwan, you know. And, and, and keep in mind, remember, all the stuff that they're putting, you know, that they're shipping overseas, all this military equipment, keep in mind, it's very important to note this one fact, okay, back to the, you know, you will hear, you know, um, you will hear wars and rumors of wars. But you got to remember, even though, you know, the quote unquote government, the fake government of that, you know, Biden supposedly is ahead of, which by the way, he's not. Um, yeah, they may be sending equipment, but take notice that they're not putting boots on the ground anywhere. Have you notice that? They're not putting boots, military boots, on the ground anywhere. That's a very important fact you should really analyze and and take comfort in knowing that we are all right. Because again, like it says right here, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but it will not yet be the end. Nation will rise against nation, which we are hearing about, and kingdom against kingdom. Well, that can definitely be interpreted as, you know, elites versus elites. You know, we have a bad faction of elites and then we have, you know, I believe a certain level of a, I don't want to call it a good level of elites, because really who is good except Christ. But we're definitely seeing kingdom against kingdom as we see the elites, you know, be taken down and we're seeing resignations within these big companies and news agencies. It's really, it's really spectacular to see have, you know, see happen, you know, right before our eyes. And then as it continues to say there, you know, in that verse eight, there will be earthquakes from place to place and there will be famines. Well, those earthquakes that we've been seeing, because we've been hearing about a ton of earthquakes over the last year and a half or two years, could very well be actual earthquakes, but at the same time could also be attributed to, you know, explosions underground, possibly of these deep underground, you know, bases that we keep hearing about that are being blown up you know, that, that were being used for nefarious purposes. But again, the last sentence of that verse eight says, these are the beginnings of the labor pains, labor pains. Who else has labor pains? Women, right? A woman has labor pains when she's pregnant and pregnancy and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm an expert on pregnancy because I'm a dude. I'm not, from a record. But pregnancy is a very positive thing. I mean, for most people anyway. Because what happens after the labor pains take place? And then the contractions, right? What happens? 
go through all that pain. And then you eventually have the blessing and the gift from God called a baby. So is it very well possible that in that last sentence where it says these are the beginnings of labor pains, is it possible that we are about to be birthed into a new era? Where the old world that was ruled by the elite cabal is about to be destroyed and we are about to be born into a new era? Maybe perhaps a a heaven on earth? I don't know. I would love to see that. A thousand years of peace, possibly. That'd be great. And so anyway, we, we just, at the end of the day, I guess the bottom line is we have to just, you know, not fill ourselves up with so much emotion and anxiety that we drive ourselves nuts. Okay, we're not going to know what's going to happen in the next five minutes, let alone the next five hours or five days or five weeks or five months or five years. All right, only God knows. So we need to stop trying to wrap our minds around when the end is coming and, you know, is Jesus coming tomorrow? I don't know. But what I do know is that we still have work to do. Even if Christ is coming in the next 10 minutes, we still have to go about our life. Okay. I mean, again, like it says right here in verse where did I see it? Oh, I just lost it. I'm so sorry. Well, anyway, I guess with verse 21, if anyone says to you, then look, here's the Messiah. Look, there he is. Do not believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will rise and will perform signs and wonders in order to mislead. And if that were possible, if that were possible, the elect, but be watchful. For I have told it all to you beforehand. And so we just have to continue on to just be watchful. Because again, like it says in verse 32, the hour and day no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the sun, but only the Father knows. So be watchful, be alert, be vigilant, because we will not know when that time comes. But when he does come, he's going to come suddenly. And so no matter when he comes, we just have to make sure that we stay on guard. We keep a watchful eye, but we continue on with our path, mission forward, right? We have to make sure we continue with the important work that God has set us here to do. And so anyway... That's all I have for you today on this Thursday, August 18th, 2022. That was the reading of Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through um, 30, excuse me, 37. And so we will end this with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again and again and again for another day of life and allowing us to breathe in, um, to breathe in air that fills our lungs, that gives us life, to allow us to fulfill your work, to serve you and to serve your people. Um, and we just ask that you continuously guide our thoughts and our words and our actions 
and thank you for all the many things that we often overlook in our lives that are very little, but we, you know, they serve big purposes. Like, for example, being able to turn on a light switch or the on button for a computer so we can do this podcast. Um, you know, we thank you for means of transportation to get us to and from work so we can earn a living and put food on a table and provide a roof over our family and clothes on our back. And we just thank you for just everything that there's so many things that we are to be thankful for. It's just, it would, we'd be here all day and all night and all week trying to list them all out. When we do repent of our sins, we ask for your forgiveness. And, um, we just ask that you always guide us each and every day and help us with our mission and help us also with discernment as we listen to other voices out there that try to get into our head, help us discern who are the good people to listen to and who are the ones to shy away from. So let us not be deceived by people that, you know, want to, again, give us those 99 truths just to slip in one lie. Let us be wise enough to know who those people are, to know and be able to hear who those voices are. And so with all that, we pray in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all I have for you today. I am going to shut it up for the evening. I had a very long day, put in about 13 and a half hours. It just today did not go my way. But you know what? I'm vertical. I am breathing. I'm alive. I have my family. We have our health. So it's a great day. And you know what? And I'm employed. So yeah, it was a long, hard day at work. But you know what? I'm employed. I, it could be worse. So I hope everybody has a wonderful day. May God bless all of you. And I hope um, everybody just, you know, has an abundance of good health. Because without good health, we have nothing else. That You know, a guy that I used to work for when I used to be a marketing uh, director in the fitness industry, he always told me, he said, Jason, your health is your first wealth. Without it, you have nothing else. And he's so right because you could have all the money in the world. You can have all the toys in the world, right? You can have everything that you could ever dream of. But if you don't have good health, you're not able to not only enjoy all those things, but you're not able to help others enjoy those things and share in the joyful moments, right? So I, so my prayer for everybody that's listening is I pray that you all have outstanding excellent health and more for not just you, but your family. And so I hope you all have a wonderful Thursday and we will be back here tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be doing the His Hardline discussion or if I'm going on Donna Brandenburg's uh, BNN network, uh, which is a live video stream. I guess we'll figure that out uh, later on. Um, Yeah. So your guess is going to be just about as good as mine. I kind of wanted her on this platform, but I guess we'll figure that out. Um, At the very least, though, I will be doing a 1% with him tomorrow as well. And uh, maybe possibly a a different, you know, his hardline discussion. It depends because tomorrow's my only day off. I don't want to consume my whole day being in the studio. I want to enjoy my family because I opted to work some extra days here, considering all the vacations we have and the surgery I got to pay for. And we just got so many expenses coming up. So I've been trying to put in some extra overtime here. So anyway. That's all I got. I hope you all have a great day or night wherever you're at in the world, and we will see you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heartline. 
Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.